as we interact with the other humans, we tend to sometimes experience friction, conflict, etc. Sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot of bit. Especially when we start making changes to make ourselves better. This comes at a higher frequency. Today, Dr. Cashew talks about how to handle that friction in any relationship as a result of you making changes to make yourself better. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to ah, Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Today's lesson. Today's lesson is a result of a flurry of questions in the private groups and the private client coaching calls this week. Something might be in the water. People be calling up like, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, yo, Dr. Cashy. I started making all these amazing changes to my food, and to my eating, and to my sleeping, and to my doing. My brain is so buff, and my body looks so good, it's going great, and everyone's like freaking out, man. What do I do? Beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. <sighs> man. This is about handling the friction in any of your relationships, romantic, friendly, familial, or otherwise, you know? That's a res the friction that's a result of you really making yourself better. And when, well, they have, a they have trouble with it. A lot of people will have trouble with it. I, you know, you've probably experienced this before in many ways. So this is an introduction to dealing with all that stuff, all right? But first, here is what you are learning. Mm, the application of the SRO model to people you interact with so everybody wins. Hmm. Okay, the freakishly easy my why try method to resolving simple frustrations. Simple stuff. Most stuff is simple, so that's good. 95 out of 100 things are simple. <laughs> People just make them more complicated. Frustrations are simple until you get frustrated about the frustration. And then you get frustrated that you're frustrated about the frustration. And that's when things get complicated. But when you boil it down, it's all pretty simple. <laughs> And then lastly, the three, majors, the three major causes of screwiness in any relationship beyond the simple stuff. So it's an intro to that. So if the, essentially, if the, the simple straightforward method still causes some belly bumping, then there's an introduction to that stuff, which then uh, will get, we'll get uh, described in greater detail actually in the next lesson, um, because there's so much stuff that I want to cover here and it's super useful. If you interact with people, then this is for you. <laughs> All right. It's a little bit of, Actually, that reminds me, uh, throw down a hashtag human. If you interact with other humans and you've ever done something that messed with them or they've ever done something that's messed with you, especially when you're changing to achieve more in your life. Again, because this, this lesson is for you. That's for sure. It's a little bit of background here. Uh, TKN readily applies its SRO model to solving your thinking and practical problems. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It also directly applies to friendships and romantic ships and partnerships or any other ships. Dr. Cashy's got you covered. <sighs> so, whoops, tiny T, back in action, <laughs> okay? As a quick review of the stimulus response outcome model. Beep, excellent, we're on, okay? Quick review, right? The stimulus response outcome model can reflect a vicious cycle 
impulsive and destructive, right? Or a so-called virtuous cycle, rational and constructive, still follows the same sort of uh, thought and uh, behavior and outcome pathway, right? At least when it's all schematic out, right? So intelligent people, they also have an innate understanding that their past, right? Your past, your environment, the people in your environment, and your humanness, they influence your belief system. Here, your BS, right? Your belief system more or less dictates what you want, which what you want categorically is two things. One, staying alive. Staying alive is essentially priority one. And then the second thing you want is having a halfway decent time while staying alive. <laughs> to that end, your BS, your, your belief system dictates your belief system dictates if and how you get frustrated, blocked from what you want, okay? And what you do about it. Your belief system definitely helps determine what you do about it. And your belief system helps you determine the sort of result and outlook you have. Ah, you determine if it either helps you, which would be a constructive outcome, or if it hurts you, a destructive or defeating outcome. Right? And although your belief system does influence all those things, obviously, you have a greater influence on your belief system. <laughs> uh, you choose what to reject, accept, and integrate as, as your own, or just plain old copy. All right? In other words, at Big Brain Incorporated, you are the CEO, and you steer the ship, even if it means, often it means, going upstream to get what you want. Right? Now, here's where things get spicy. Here's where things get spicy. All right? Super excited to show you this. <laughs> We in frame here? We be. Excellent. Here's where things get spicy. Turns out other people live on this planet too. Dang it. <laughs> Some of them might even like you. Wow. And they want to keep liking you. And maybe you like that. So you want them to keep liking you too. Hot diggity. Hot diggity. What's clear is that the outcome of, the outcome of your response, okay, when you interpret the outcome as frustrating. So when you have something that frustrates you and then you respond to it, then you interpret that outcome as helpful or harmful, right? And if you interpret it as harmful, then it can stimulate you again and the whole process starts over. That's the point, right? Now, when you interact with other people, again, this is where things get interesting, is that it is abundantly clear <laughs> that other people can interpret your outcome independent of how you feel about it, right? So you have something that bugs you, you do something about it, and then there's the result of what you do, right? And then how you interpret that. But the outcome of what you do might be interpreted as a frustration to somebody else, ah, which then causes them to respond. And then the outcome of their response might then there tick you off. Ah. And now, Hopefully this is making sense, right? Something bugs you, you do something about it, something happens, whoopsies, something happens, and then that thing that happens might frustrate someone else, and then they do something about that frustration, and then the outcome of what they do ends up frustrating you. Ta-da! <laughs> okay? Hopefully that makes sense. People can interpret your positive outcomes as a frustration to them. People can interpret your frustrating outcomes as a frustration to them, right? It just means that what they think you are doing is conflicting with what they want. See where this is going here? So you may do something that's fine with you and even helps you, but it might be concerning or frustrating to somebody else. And this is why when you're 
actively changing your life for the better and people see that you're changing things, they can take it as something that is strange or insulting or frustrating or confusing to them, right? And then that's why they end up doing and saying things that might seem strange <laughs> to you, right? That's what's important. Nobody has an idea what that's like. Nobody has an idea what that's like at all, at ever, right? So the moral here is that other people can and definitely do interpret your outcomes as frustrating to them, even if they're constructive to you. So what the heck do you do then? Assuming you care about your relationship with this person anyway. Hmm. So again, the SRO model shines here. It is hyper-functional for interpersonal interactions. You can identify the cognitive grinders and other vicious cycles that, you know, using this model within yourself, right? The outcome stimulates yourself and then the whole, the whole thing ends up happening again. Again, the same thing happens when you're interacting with other people using this model. As a caveat though, Back to big T, whoopsies. As, back, as a caveat though, a, a relationship functions or is functional, any type of relationship, it, it has to rest on the, on the bedrock of, I, I guess, how do I put this? It has to rest on the, on the bedrock of how emotionally, cognitively, and behaviorally both people are. All right. If one person is a screwball, then the relationship will eventually become screwy. If both people are screwballs, then the relationship will eventually become screwy. Why? Because even if you have a relationship where both people are rational and constructive, those situations at the very, at the very most, or at the very least, mean there's going to be mutual respect and civility. But it takes more than respect and civility to have a fulfilling relationship. And that's where things end up getting funkified, right? So that being said, if you want to change the world, it's best to make sure you make your darn bed before leaving the house. Fair enough? You got to take care of your own stuff before you can propose to fix a relationship. Because if you're screwy, then any relationship you're going to be in is screwy. And if you're dependent on somebody else to fix the relationship that you have with them, well, that's screwy too. And anyway, that's for another cup of joe, right? Moving right along. With minor frustrations, two constructive people can resolve problems quickly and easily. And both people do this by using the three-step resolution process of minor frustrations, Dr. Cashy's my, why, try method, right? Here's the my, why, try method. Super straightforward. What is my issue? Why is it an issue? I prefer you try this instead. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. That's it. The question mark here is optional. Again, my why try. Here's my issue. Here's why it's an issue. I prefer you try this instead. And it's important that you say it's your preference, because it is. And it's also important that you communicate that it is for you, which is okay, <laughs> right? People try and beat around that bush. Right? But it really is, person is doing something that is weird for you, or you're doing something that is weird for them, it's two parts of a whole. So you got to look at the individual components here. Flesh out the my, why, try rationally and constructively, and then exchange answers. Then coming to a resolution is pretty straightforward with two constructive, rational people, that is. If you're expressing concern for a frustration that maybe only you have, well, then present this as a rational and constructive way to broach the topic. If you can tell a person is frustrated with you, then again, this is a way to broach that topic and you can do it together. Now, with chronic or recurring frustrations, the story is probably a little bit different. Chronic and recurring stuff that's already been exploded out of proportion. Now, if you have chronic and recurring frustrations but lame communication, then this will bridge a lot of gaps for you <laughs> and possibly resolve all sorts of screwballiness in your relationship. Dr. Cashy sees years worth of beefs go away with the implementation of this very simple and intuitive method. And those like it, right? Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> 
If y'all are still bumping bellies after the super rational and constructive approach to resolution here, these minor frustrations, um, or minor frustrations made into major frustrations, then the next step is to make the three following assumptions. There are three following assumptions that you have to make in order to move on. This is just the way, right? This is my logical must, um, or I guess my rigid demand on you. The first one is that y'all hold rigid and absolute demands that the relationship operate in a specific way, okay? Since they are demands, when those demands are indubitably violated, Oh, here it is. When those demands are indubitably violated, which they, you know, they're indubitably violated, then this violation is going to be taken personally by one or both of you. And when things are taken personally, labels get thrown around. Mm. Negative labels, typically. Colloquially referred to as name calling. Slightly negative or super negative, there's going to be a negative label associated with chronically frustrating the other person. You see it all the time, okay? And when that label is applied, it further sensitizes you to frustration and further sensitizes you, making you take things even more personal, right? So as soon as that negative label is applied, then everything is more frustrating and everything is automatically more personal because everything they do is now under, that, under the microscope of that label. Hopefully that makes sense. This is why somebody freaks out on you if they want you to do something with them, like go out for drinks or ice cream or whatever, and you decline. And they flip out or respond negatively and do all saying and I'll do all sorts of weird stuff, right? They take it personally and they take it personally because they put a demand on you to act a specific way and you violated that demand. Therefore they take it personally. And now you are a bleep bleep bloopy blorp, mm. which then further um, reinforces the demand that they have on the relationship or justifies the relationship to be essentially divorced. Okay. Now, Again, they put demands on you, you act a specific way. You act another way and they take it personally because you violated their demand. And when they take it personally, it means they lose self-esteem. That's what that means. And when they lose self-esteem, they may get frustrated or saddened or both. And sometimes they get frustrated or saddened at themselves. Sometimes they get frustrated or saddened at you. And many times, frustration and sadness is, they feel that way about themselves and the other person at the same time, right? And then again, this person's self-esteem as it gets lower, it makes their demands on the relationship greater to help keep their self-esteem high. This is why self-esteem is a disease, <laughs> okay? And this process delays, right, when things get suppressed or repressed, but ultimately continues until self-esteem and self-worth is zero and or the relationship fails. Rigid absolutisms, when you write them down, really as they are, reveal how absolutely absurd both the expectations are uh, of each other and of the relationship. And with most reasonable people, just the detection of the rigid absolutism is enough to get the ball rolling on resolution. When you realize like, oh, I have this ridiculous demand, like you, you must be with me all the time, or else you must be doing these other things and therefore you're disconnecting from the relationship, obviously that's ridiculous. So once something like that is brought to the table, then you can go back to the my why try method and then resolve the frustration in a straightforward way, right? So here's what you've learned. The intro to applying the SRO to model the people you interact with so everybody wins, the freakishly easy my way, try a method to resolving simple frustrations, and the three major causes to screwiness in any relationship when straightforward resolution processes fail, right? That reminds me again, throw down a hashtag human if you interact with other humans <laughs> and you've ever done something that messed with them or they've ever done something that messed with you, especially when you're changing to achieve more in your life, right? Thank you for learning today. You are great. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? 
head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>